0: Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, verses 15 through 20. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version, updated. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today, by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways, and observing his commandments, decrees, and ordinances. Then you shall live and become numerous, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away, and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall certainly perish you should not live long in the land that, the, that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and holding fast to Him. For that means life to you and length of days so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for being able to declare your blessings upon our children and upon all the generations. We thank you, Lord, for every family that makes skyland their home to worship you and to serve in ministry and to continue to expand the kingdom of God. We ask, O Lord, on this day that you will bless us through this word, give us understanding for it, help us to accept it and to apply it, and help us just to learn something new from it about what it means to follow Jesus. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Decisions, decisions. How many decisions did you make before you got here this morning? I mean, think about it. I just want you to think about it because sometimes we don't realize, but everything in life is a decision to get out of bed, when to get out of bed, what you're going to do next, what order you're going to do things, paper or plastic, cash or credit, walk or drive. I mean, you name it. Decisions are everywhere. And it's important for us to make the right decisions, right? Chiefs, Eagles, Mahomes, Hurts, you know. I mean, there are choices, right? And they have to be made. And choosing the team that you want is important, right? Because you don't want to be that chief fan that decorated their house in green. And you don't want to be, you know, a Mahomes fan with green gear in your house. When you're going to get the jersey of the player that you're supporting, you want the right jersey. You don't want to get the wrong one or the wrong player. So you've got to know the colors. You got to know what is it that the team is about. You got to know the city. You know, it's it's funny sometimes the people that haven't followed the team and when they get to the Super Bowl, all of a sudden they're fans. And then you ask them, "What city are they from?" And they're uh, I don't know, I no idea what team the team is from. Who you choose matters because at the end of the day, who you choose determines whether you're celebrating in victory or sulking in defeat. I mean, let's face it, a lot of people go into the Super Bowl not picking a team so they won't be disappointed. But if you pick a team, you're basically going all in with them. You're believing in them. You're hoping that they'll win and if they don't, you'll feel it because you chose them, you supported them, you believed in them. And when choosing a team, we all want the winning team. Every one of us wants to choose the winning team. Nobody wants to choose the losing team. The problem is that before the game is played, all we have are the odds. The chances that one team will beat the other team, the odds are based on educated guesses, right? They're based on what a team has done during the season and what their players have done and whether everybody's healthy and all those kind of interesting facts. But at the end of the day, until the game is played, you don't know who's going to win. Until they start going through, through the actual game, you don't know how it's going to turn out and people have been caught up in trying to predict the game so much that we have the pregame of the pregame of the pregame trying to discuss everything about the game and sometimes i love it when they're completely wrong just because things defied the odds and turned out differently by the way the odds of the super bowl are slightly in the eagles favor right now and it's expected to be a really close game but how many times have we heard that and then it's been a blowout? How many times have we heard that and then the game switched in the middle of the game and whoever was winning ends up losing by the end? No, Atlanta fans, we won't go there. In our scripture today, God has given the Israelites a choice through Moses. He's saying, choose what team you're on, pick what team. You want to support. Who are you going to play for? Who are you going to cheer for? Who are you going to allow to be your coach that instructs you and molds you and makes you into the better player that you need to be? Who is it that you're going to be under in terms of authority to know what you're going to do on the field? And Moses, he didn't mince words. He just lays it out. He says there's really only two teams. There's Team God and then there's team not-God. Yeah, there's a bunch of names for all the other not-God teams. But the reality is, when you come down to it, there's team God and there's team not-God. Team A and team B, and there's really no other choice. If you say that you don't believe in anything, guess what? You're in team (laughs) not-God. If you say that you... Don't believe that God is the way, the truth, and the life, and Jesus Christ. Guess what? You're team, not God. You're not believing in that team. You're not part of that team. And team God has some very specific things going for it. And Moses tells us what they are. He says, You know, this is the team for life, prosperity, and blessing. This is the team where God has said that he's going to help you when you go and possess the land and that he's going to expand your families. He's going to let you be numerous. He's going to let you be victorious over your enemies. He's going to give you the land and you are going to not just possess it, but you're going to thrive in it. So what else does team God include? Well, Moses says... To be very clear, Team God has rules. you got to obey God's commandments. You know, every coach has rules. Even the most laid-back coach has rules for their team. Because they realize that without some kind of rules and structures, they can't really form their team into what they need to be in order to perform when they go out on the field. And Moses was saying, God is a stickler for the rules. He's got a way that he wants you to live. He's got a way that he wants you to act. He's got a way that he wants you to conduct yourself in the world. And those rules matter. And God expects full and complete loyalty to the team. This is a team that very much feels like a family because God has adopted all kinds of people into his team. Now, choice B is team, not God. And look at the description of this one. It offers death and adversity. Death and adversity. That's not very attractive. This this team has people that have turned their hearts to other gods that have led them astray to idolatry, to worshiping other things that are not God. And this team is guaranteed to lose. It's a losing team. It's a team with a losing record. So what does it have going for it? Why are so many people choosing team not God? Well, because team not God has so many coaches leading in so many different directions that there's not really a good set of rules. Kind of do what you want. (laughs) You make up your own rules. There's not a cohesiveness in the team because it's not really a family. It's kind of a bunch of different groups put together. And team not God chooses itself over everybody else. So hearing the descriptions, you would think it's a no-brainer. Who could possibly want to choose team B? Who could choose death and adversity over blessing and prosperity in the land that God is going to give them. Yeah, this is exactly what some people do every day. Having the opportunity to choose God, they choose their own way. They choose their own rules. They don't want anybody telling them how to spend their money or live their lives or who they can relate to and how they can relate to them. None of that. They don't want to follow those things. And anyone will tell you that a team without discipline and structure and organization is doomed to fail. Any team that doesn't have a plan to perform out in the field and to be able to get to the end zone is doomed to fail. Yet people daily choose to ignore God's commandments, decrees, and ordinances. Some people see it as overbearing, by God to impose these things and they don't understand that God has our best interest in mind. Moses explains to the people that choosing anything but God will surely result in them perishing and not living long lives in that land that they are about to enter and possess. He says, "Your stay is going to be short lived if you don't if you don't get on the right team. And it's a grim scouting report. You know what a scouting report is, right? Before the game, there's all these scouting reports. What they say is, this is what we know about the situation. And this is what you have to watch out for. These are the pitfalls. These are the weaknesses. These are the strengths. And it gives you all of this information. And Moses was doing that with the people. He was saying, if you don't get on team God, then things are not going to go well. Choose life so that your descendants may live loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, holding fast to Him, for that will mean life for you and for your descendants. He says the blessing is not just going to be on you, it's going to be on your descendants. You're going to have length of days so that you may live in the land and really enjoy the blessing that God is giving you. If you want to live long in that land that God has swore to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you need to choose the winning team. Otherwise, you're doomed to fail. Now, it's important to understand that Moses was not inviting the people to gamble. Because gambling implies that there's a probability that one team or the other will win. Even if there's a 1% chance... It's a gamble because there's still a chance the other team will win. Moses is inviting them to get on the winning team because he's basically saying this is the only sure thing that you will ever have in life. Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. God as your God leading you to victory. This is the only thing that is 100% chance that you will win even if you have struggles along the way, even if you have difficult battles, even if you have to face illness, even if you have to face persecution, no matter what you face along the way, this is the only team that is guaranteed to give you a 100% chance of winning. In life, there's just not that many things that are 100%. If I gave you any investment that was 100% guaranteed to return some money that was good, you'd be like, I'm all over that. Sign me up, right? How many people thought that about cryptocurrency? 100%? No, it's not guaranteed, right? There are so many things in life that are simply gambles. Moses was saying God is not one of them. God is a sure thing. God is someone that you can trust with your life. Moses knew something that the people had yet to understand. Before the game began, God already had a plan in place to save us and his creation and redeem us. I want you to hear that. Before the game began, God already had a plan for salvation in motion. You know, sometimes we forget that before the foundation of the earth, God was not bound by time or space, so he was already there in our past, in our present, and in our future. He knew the end from the beginning, as Eleanor likes to say. He knew it all, and he knew what he was going to do, Even as the Israelites were journeying through the wilderness, headed into a promised land full of uncertainties for them, God was saying through Moses, the game has already been won, and it was a blowout on the cross. It was a blowout. The enemy thought that he was going to win, and it was a blowout. It was not even a come-from-behind victory. It was a blowout from the moment it started because I had a plan to save you. And nothing could keep God's plan from being carried out. God and Jesus Christ had an expert quarterback who would deliver salvation for you and for me in that end zone by nailing our sins to the cross and taking the burden that we could not carry. All that was left was to wait for the Gatorade bath at the end of the game. Have you ever seen a blowout game? The players sit on the sidelines trying to determine who is going to carry the Gatorade so they can pour it on the coach. And trying to wait until that final whistle so that they can celebrate the victory that they already know has been won. I want you to hear that. In a blowout, there is no doubt who's winning the game and who's going to win the game. It's a done deal. So you heard it here first. The game is over. It has been over for a long time, and the enemy tries to lie to us by saying that he still has a chance to win. And sometimes we are naive enough to believe him. We are naive enough to give him space to spew this this theory that he can somehow overcome when he can't. You know, the certainty of Jesus' return, like I told the kids, is 100%. It's not 99.99999. It's 100% because God said that he would send him back to get his church. The assurance of God's presence coaching us through our life is 100%. Jesus says, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will send you the Holy Spirit to be with you, and I am with you always. Not sometimes, not 99.99% of the time, always to the end of time. Does that mean that every play in the game runs smoothly? Absolutely not. I can't tell you how many times I've fumbled. I can't tell you how many times I've missed passes. And I think we all have experienced those moments. Those moments in which we feel down, we feel like We're not worthy of being on the team. We feel like we should be sidelined. And what does God do as the perfect coach? He brings us to the side. He encourages us. He tells you, you can do it. I have given you all that you need. And he sends us right back on the field. He says, go out there and keep trying and keep giving your best. Even though the game has been won, it doesn't mean that we won't face adversities and difficulties along the way. It doesn't mean that we won't get knocked down, but it means we can get back up. It doesn't mean that every play is going to work, but we know that we are part of a team that is like a family that will huddle up around us and support us and pray with us and help us to regroup when we need to regroup. It means that we can count on the Holy Spirit to pull audibles all the time. You know what an audible is? You thought you knew what you were doing and God changes your plan. In the middle of the game, as you're already ready to go and the time is running down on the on the play clock and you're going, "Really, God?" And God says, "Yep, I got a better plan." It means that we're opening ourselves to that direction and that coaching by God that will move us in new directions and will show us new ways of playing the game than those ways that the world would want us to play like. You know, the world says, you know, if somebody hits you, hit them harder. And God says, if somebody hits you, pray for them. Pray for them. Love them. You know, sometimes we act like we're not on the winning team. And Moses was having none of that. He was like, declare yourself as part of God's team and then begin to live as those who are victorious over the enemy. Begin to live as those who have already won Begin to live as those who have already conquered the promised land. Begin to live as those who have a promise from God that is faithful and true forever. Moses wants us to do the same thing. He wants us to celebrate. You know, I know some of you are going to scream your hearts out this afternoon at the game. I want to hear you worship like that when we sing. I want to hear you... Sing so loudly, you've got no voice for the game. I want you to praise God with everything you have because if you can do it for a team that plays a sport, you certainly can do it for the creator of the universe and for the one who has promised you life. Moses wanted them to know, you know, you, you might not have the goat Tom Brady but you have the lamb Jesus Christ and he's better he's a winning recipe for every age every season every situation every league everything in life Jesus is it Moses says choose life choose his life to be your life choose his Gatorade bath, to be your Gatorade bath because you are joining in his victory. Choose to celebrate his goodness and his grace as you wait for that final whistle, which we learned in Revelations is actually a trumpet. Wait for it, but know that the game has already been won. It's a totally different attitude towards life and towards everything we face when we live as those who are already victorious and are reigning with Christ in the heavenly places. We should all be excited about being in God's team. One day we will be part of the welcome parade and we won't even tear down the the, the goalposts. We won't even destroy anything because we will be about building up and restoring people to life. We're going to declare ourselves part of God's team so that more people can join the team as we continue to move towards victory. As we follow His commandments and decrees and ordinances, we're going to continue to choose life over death, blessing over curses, and a winning coach. A winning coach that never quits believing in us. Do you know how special that is? to have a coach that never quits believing in us. You know, I've seen some teams that were, hey, but they got an excellent coach, and the whole thing turned around. That is what God can do in our lives. So cheer enthusiastically, obey faithfully, and love unconditionally because that is the winning recipe that God has given us to continue to trust in Jesus Christ, to continue to believe that we are on the winning team, and to continue to move towards that victory, inviting others to join us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you because you are a very special coach to us. You're our Heavenly Father who loves us, who knows us, who believes in us, who continues to pour into us, Lord, what we need for the game of life. We ask, O Lord, on this day that you will continue to help us to invite others to join the team, that we will continue to tell them that this is the winning team because we have Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. We pray blessings upon each and everyone who's on the team. Help us all to know that we are an important part of your team and that you love us and value us as members of the team. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.